good people of Los Angeles. After a small hiatus, the FCFC pod is back. We back. Back in the backyard. Doing this one right in the middle of the day on a Friday. And we've got none other than Shavo from System of a Down. Yes, also from Field Suite 10. Yes, also of 22 Red Cannabis and Culture brand. Man, he's a fascinating dude. Grew up skating, grew up playing music here in L.A. We go through a lot of stories about his early years here, about some of the passion projects. Passion's really been a driving force in his life. And, you know, whether it's food, whether it's cannabis, whether it's skateboarding, and, of course, music stories galore, this guy really showed up here in the backyard and kicked it with us and talked about LAFC as well and that part of his life and repping the city, making that song and how that came together is also something we touch on in this epi, and it was just good to get back back to recording, and with a guy like this, it's not hard. Slam, you want to hit him with the warning? Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the backyard in Expo Park at Dweez's place, and it's the daytime, so no ghetto birds, maybe some cars driving by, a little more peaceful than usual. Same profanity, y'all know what it is. If you can't listen to profanity, stop listening now, you bitch-ass motherfuckers. Go smoke some 22 Red. Pew, pew, pew. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where one scholar and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite Korean fatty. Slam! To my right is the bearded one, the Dweez. Good afternoon. First afternoon recording ever in 100-something episodes. <laughs> Love it. That's Hell yeah. true. Thank you for that. Special guest. I appreciate you guys. And um, our, our third co-host is uh, off in Portland doing what he's supposed to be doing and supporting our club. Yes, sir. And today in the backyard, like you heard, it's not a nighttime pod, y'all. This is different. So we might get some different noises, not as many ghetto birds uh, tonight. (laughs) Uh, But we have a a legend of L.A., um, someone that we all grew up with, in, uh, along with Carson Daly during the TRL era. Um, And he's been blessing us with his presence and and his passion at at our our home at the Bank of California Stadium. And we wanted to bring him on just to hear more about his story. We have Shavo. Of System of a Down. I was going to try to attempt the last name. Of many things. Of of many things, man. But like most of all of Field Suite 11. Yes. It's it's 10, isn't it? Field Suite 10. 10. See, he knows more than me. We're talking about the corner. We're not allowed. Oh, I've snuck down there a couple of times. The press pass. I got you there next time. I appreciate you. Yeah, so... Shavo's here in the backyard with us, y'all. You guys know him. We this is coming off about a week and a half since Reppin' the City came out. Maybe two weeks. A week and no, just one week. It was one last week. Friday. Last Friday. No, exactly. Is it a week or? Yeah, I believe so. About. I don't remember. Was it two weeks or a week? It might be two weeks. Might be two weeks. Yes. So yes. Reppin' the City, the second kind of big LAFC banger that came out this season so far. You know, helping us push towards the playoffs. We're we're recording this right before the Portland game. 
And um, we're going to get into all that. We're going to get into the song. We're going to get into his LAFC experience. Yeah. But as, as listeners of this podcast know, the first question always has to be the same, and that is, what is your oldest football memory? Oh, uh, see, I'm born in Armenia. So over there, it's like huge, you know, and I just remember my uncles and my dad just going crazy, you know, whenever there was a soccer, let this, you know, I have to say soccer, but yeah. it's, whenever there was a because fo- I know it as football, you know, mm-hmm. whenever there was a football game, they would just be all over the screen, you know, mm-hmm. small screen, but they were in it, you know, and screaming, yelling. And then I remember my dad used to play mm-hmm. uh, for some team and, and I just, I, I just remember little things, you know, so it was always a part of my life. I just never had a team that I backed the way I back a team now. And, um, but, but it was so organic the way this happened. And I think it was the right timing for me, you know, cause I've, I've loved sports and stuff, you know, but I just, I, like I said, I've never had a sock, like football. So I don't, I don't know. Should I call it soccer here? Who, we, we who call do you guys call it? We call, we call, it, we call okay. it football on yeah, the pod. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Then it's football. I, yeah. I, I, I could say what I feel. Cause yeah. you know, there's the actual football that they exactly. call football. So exactly. it's, it's so weird, right? Um, but <laughs> so it was always there, but I just, like I said, I never had that team to like mm-hmm. back when you have a team since we moved to America when I was five, no, when I moved to LA. So there was Lakers. It was, Lakers was the thing. And then I got into a little bit of hockey. I was all about the Kings. It's always the city I'm in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when soccer, <laughs> I keep saying soccer, <laughs> when football came in, um, it was the galaxy, mm-hmm. yep. you know? So I just, I never had a thing for them. It wasn't something that made me excited mm-hmm. to watch. So I watched some, you know, my dad has teams that he loves from um, Europe. You know, he loves the UK teams. I'm not sure exactly which teams he backs, but he has, like, he's a super fan. Yeah. And so, you know, with him, I, I, I love the father and son time, so I mm-hmm. always watched with him. But it wasn't like the way I'm at the edge of my seat screaming at the TV nowadays, you know, or edge of my seat in Sweet 10 screaming at everybody. Yeah. I think half of the entertainment back then, even when I was a kid, was like seeing how intense our, our dad was getting about yeah, it. Yeah, that's... the entertainment of like watching soccer. So yeah. that's exactly my first memory is like watching mm. my dad and my uncles just go crazy. Yeah, and so this, and so Yerevan, this is Yerevan, yeah. the capital of Armenia where you grew up for born. the first few years. Five years, first five F- four years. and a half. Okay. Four and a half, yeah. And then talk to us a little bit about how you came over here. Well, um, so it's a really long story, so I won't go crazy about the origin of why we even moved and why I'm here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it started from the genocide back in 1915. So people had to stay alive mm-hmm. and survive for me to be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, there was 2 million Armenians. They killed 1.5 million. So out of that group, 500,000 just kind of dispersed and went into all these different countries. My great-grandpa, the one I know mostly about, um, his parents were murdered. He moved to an orphanage in Greece. They saved him. Um, and then he moved back to um, Armenia. And his sister had gone to America. So his sister found him somehow and did the paperwork and moved my family from Armenia to America. I, I moved to Queens um, via Rome as refugees. Mm. Uh, rough times, bro. And I was going to be a Queens, like New York guy. And my dad moved to L.A. because his family moved to L.A. So my dad said, so my mom followed, of course. And I became L.A. Mm. So uh, there was a a stop in Moscow and Italy, right? Yeah. First Moscow and then Italy Mm. and then Queens. And then but the Moscow one was just because of travel. You know, you Mm -hmm. need to there's no like direct flights anywhere. But but because we were refugees and, you know, that time it was it was a communist 
nation. Mm -hmm. It was the USSR. There was no real Armenia wasn't a country. It was a republic yeah. of the Soviet Union. So we were mm -hmm. part of something that was corrupt and bad. So they wanted that. Their main purpose was to give me the ability to be able to become whatever I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you know what I mean? The American. the American dream. So I am kind of a living proof that the American dream exists. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's how I moved to America, and I. Um, we made home in Hollywood on North Kingsley Drive, which is the name of my um, side project, yeah, North yeah. Kingsley. I mean, shoot, if you take Normandy right over That's here where I grew up, up, yeah, yeah. and, you know, those are familiar with the way Normandy runs north and south, uh, North Kingsley kind of is a jagged, It does, like, but it comes parallel. all the way down here, right? Goes, it, yep, it comes, it comes up. Well, I think it starts in, on Pico, perhaps. I think so. And it goes all the way up to more or less Griffith Park. Exactly. And um, it sort of, run, yeah, run, starts, runs yeah. through K-Town. Yeah, we were between... Up, mm -hmm. We were between Sunset and Fountain. And that's little part of it's Little Now Armenia. it's called Little Armenia. Yeah. Go figure, right? Because at the time, there was no Little Armenia, nothing yeah. like yeah. that. But that's just where we moved to. It was, you know, 1336 North Kingsley Drive. That was my address. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, so for all of you guys who use Waze, and you probably sometimes get off the main streets, you're cruising up North Kingsley or yeah. South Kingsley at different times. Exactly. Um, I, think it, I think it switches from North to South, like around First Street. But yeah, it's Kingsley Drive that he whole way. He knows more than I do about yeah. that. <laughs> so, yeah. He's been running around these streets for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy about to have you on most of all for that point, honestly. Like, Armenian Americans and the Armenian community in Los Angeles has a huge role in the football community here. Correct. I've played pickup for a long time and played in leagues in Griffith Park, and there was always at least one, if not two, three, full, basically, Armenian, Armenian-American teams, speaking, speaking Armenian, very prideful, very, like, football-obsessed and mm -hmm. football first. They are obsessed, bro. Yeah. And, you know, Armenian community is just huge in Los Angeles. And, you know, we're a hundred something pods in. We've done all sorts of different different communities in L.A. And this is kind of like the first time we've had someone from that Armenian, Armenian-American community on. And so you get plugged in, you know, I guess you're probably around around 10 years old at that time once you finally got here or five. Oh, five. Oh, five. Five. Okay. I was okay. five. Yeah. Okay. This so that was a pretty quick. It, it was like a five, six month. Oh, got it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys get plugged in and. You know, how does life start changing for you? And how, what was it like being part of that Armenian community and that Armenian-American family here in L.A.? At the time, there weren't too many Armenians where I lived. It was mostly um, El Salvadorians, Mexicans, some white and some little, little bit of Armenians. I had some Armenian friends. Uh, but it was mostly a Latino community, mm. which I bond with very well. Like, the, I love the Latino community. I love them. Like, mm. you, you know, until today. It's yeah. like, we, we just mesh. You know, it's just my, my, the way I feel about things, they, you know, it's just this, we're also very um, happy people. We, we love to celebrate. It's just this, like, family vibe, you know? So mm. I get along really well. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I just remember that, man. I have, I'm, I'm a part of the mixing, a melting pot where I enjoy every race, every nationality. Um, it's, it's, it brings me joy where, two different people can become one and be happy and be best friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, yeah. that's, that's beautiful. When I see all this shit, the separation that's happening now, it just bothers me so bad. It's like the divide and conquer thing that's going on right now. You know, the black and white and the, the brown and white and the brown and black. It's just bad. You know, and back then it was just, there were gangs like MS started on Fountain and Kingsley. So mm. that's, and I saw the beginning of that. A lot of the friends I grew up with went that way. Mm. I could have joined like the Armenian, but I didn't because everybody was my friend. Yeah. Mm. friends with everybody. And, you know, there was the curiosity back then. I was a young seven, eight-year-old seeing friends be a part of a gang, which is like at the time you didn't see it as the way you see it now. It was more like, oh, they got homies and they're friends and that guy has his back and mm. what, a, what, a, what a powerful thing, you know. And I could have gone there, but 
I, I wasn't allowed. It was like I was a skater, guitarist. I started playing guitar later, but I was a music lover, skater. So they were like, that's the kid that's always like, they wouldn't let me get involved in this. Like there would be like gang brawls happening on my street and I'd try to get involved and no one would, they would like push me aside and shit. Like, but no, this ain't for you, mm -hmm. which I'm blessed for. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, so yeah, man. So it's, so it's kind of skating. Skating becomes a pretty big part of your life. Huge. In those, in those years. And yes. then music, obviously. What are you, what's kind of like the very, very earliest music kind of connection and music numbers? Are your folks playing different from, stuff yeah, at home? Yeah, and, from Armenia, I remember like my mom was a linguist. Like she, she was a language major. Mm -hmm. So she knew a lot of languages. She actually started teaching me Armenian from birth. So I mean, sorry, English from mm -hmm. birth. So I was like, when I started learning how to speak. English was in my uh, vocabulary, not a lot. I wasn't fluent or nothing right. until I came here and I learned in school, you know, I never went to school there, you know, so, but music wise, we listened. So she, I still have her old records. They were like the Soviet printed Abbey Road wow. Beatles. And I still have all that. I collect a vinyl. So I have like 16,000 plus vinyl. Um, cause I DJ in the nineties too. And it was real actual records, you know, yeah. not what they have now, but I'm getting back into it. Yeah. Um, you were just all over yeah. the arts back. Yeah. Yeah, I just love like shit, bro. It's, he loved music. Yeah. He was into all the yeah. shit that was cool yeah. before it was cool. Yeah. yeah. So I was it an acid trip that made you start going a little more abstract on your that, art? There was some of that involved. <laughs> but that was later in life. But the music, I, like I said, it was the Beatles, and I listened to a lot of like cultural stuff, the Armenian stuff, but there was also a lot of like dance stuff that they would listen to. Like mm -hmm. Boney M, it's this German group. You could look, they're part of memes right now. <laughs> they, But they're, I had those records. Uh, there was an African dude, Afric Simon, who had like really cool um, jazz, like Fela Kuti. That kind of stuff was a part of our grow growing up. I didn't know how hardcore the music was yeah. until like I grew up and I was like, oh, this is some really cool shit that I didn't, it was just to me were beats and rhythms that were, that drew me in to playing and being a part of it. And I begged my parents for an instrument for so long. It was mostly guitar, I wanted electric guitar. Mm -hmm. And it's after I saw Kiss on Solid Gold, which was a show in the 70s and 80s. It was 79, 80, I remember Kiss performed, maybe it was 80. And I was like, these dudes wear makeup and blow fire out of their mouths and they play music. What a fucking bomb thing to you. And you're, and you're just watching I'll, this. You're watching the show on the TV. On in the house TV. In, at, in Kingsley. On Kingsley yeah, Drive, bro. Watching it we're watching my mom. We stayed up to watch it because I had seen murals of Kiss in LA. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what the music was. It was mostly the vibe, you know? It was like this crazy looking vibe. And you know, you're a five, six year old boy. You're going, fuck, that's so cool, right? Yeah. This crazy makeup tongue and shit, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, sticking the tongue out. Like yeah. now it's like, what? But back then it was so cool. As a kid, that's the shit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I begged for a guitar, begged for a guitar, but my, I think my folks had this whole fear of, you know, starving musician. It was the old, you know, the, we want him, right? Nightmare. Worst nightmare is that. <laughs> so they would hold me from it. They wouldn't get it from me, but I think it was around 11, 12, my grandma, um, hooked me up with a guitar, a Kramer XL from, she went to guitar center with my uncle and got me this wow. blue Kramer and, um, the rest tried to get me lessons. But the, like the teacher was teaching me two chords a week and I had like, I would just somehow I had friends that played around me. So I was learning and playing so much. The next, like every week he would try to teach me. I was like, I already know those. Like, so I outgrew him after three weeks and I just started playing on my own and I'd play every day, hours and hours and hours and hours. When you love something, you do it, right? Yeah. And that's what it was. And that's, so I was self-taught, play everything by ear. I don't know notes, is, you know. It's different back then compared to now. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, there's no YouTube. Well, now no self-taught is YouTube. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. 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 Like, it was, I had, had to, to literally just sit there and watch someone's finger, like. Yeah. And be like, all right, I think, I think. Dude, I, I used to do that. Yeah. Like, you know, 
And there wasn't too many shows. There wasn't cable. There wasn't there wasn't cable yet back then. It was just like the four channels or yeah. six channels that were on TV. And Change you know, we weren't we had, yeah, we had no money. We came here with broke, you know. My parents had like two hundred bucks in their pocket, if that. And they moved with the whole you know, I had, it was I was the only child at the time. Um and we just kind of lived in a one bedroom apartment, all of us, and with a one TV that I anytime there was a music channel show, like there was shows I remember and Friday, Saturday nights on Channel Four, and then they would show videos, mm. and that's how I saw like metal bands and got into like Judas Priest and all that shit, and I d- discovered metal, Def Leppard and Motley Crue, and that shit started. Yeah. So I was a metalhead, bro. I, g- I was a little metalhead that knew music and loved to skateboard. There was a time where skateboarding was such a thing for me where I couldn't imagine what life would be if I didn't have that deck. Right. And I still have the skater eye until today. That's why I get along with so many skaters nowadays. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Day One is a f- exactly. one of our people. And Come P. on the Rod. pod, Day yeah. One. We got to get Day One on the pod. Dude, yeah. I'll just I'll tell him to get on the pod. Yeah, right? he's, 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 he's become a friend yeah, through yeah. all this. And cool. it's, it's funny because we follow each other and then we see each other at a game and it was over that was yeah, it yeah. it was like we thought we, we had never personally met mm-hmm. but because we followed each other yeah. you know i'm a fan of his he was a fan of mine we just kind of felt like we were best friends we like hugged and it's like my homie my friend it's yeah. like, yeah. It's like mean, that. that's the one thing i've constantly said throughout starting this pod is we've all been neighbors and we just never had a reason to meet each other well there it is now and then yeah we found lafc and like it just happens yeah you know like the amount of um latino friends i have now or you know like just just getting to know more about more cultures. Like, I've had Armenian friends, but, like, back in, like, the 90s, early 2000s, I feel like, especially in this L.A. area, like, like Koreans and Armenians were really getting along because we were too similar. Our okay. cultures were too similar, so we would just butt there, heads. Like. But, see, everyone butt heads, but then there's also the love that is created mm-hmm. from that, you know? See, but, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was saying. And also, back to what you were saying earlier about, like, why those guys kind of never let you in or whatever, but I think that's the biggest difference of, like... The, you know, why there's so much hate this generation compared to before. There, yeah. Like, there was a sense of community and, like, people lifting each other up. There was. Whereas now, there's too many people and, like, everybody's just a commodity now. It's They're also just, the division, like I talked about, exactly. bro. And, but that's it, what causes the division. Yeah. There's just too much of something and people are just, like, they're not as open to... They're, they're, Accepting. they're okay with just staying in Yeah, yeah, they're open. not op- open to accept the other, exactly. you know. And... um Back to the Armenian thing, mm. I feel like LAFC needs more Armenian fans. I think Armenian fans are right now all galaxied out because the Galaxy does the Armenian Heritage Nights and stuff. Mm. And I feel like if we can do that with LAFC, we'll get a big, huge following as well, which is what I'm trying to push for next season. Um, oh, yeah. We need a we need an uh, Armenian flag in the in the three two five two. I th- yeah. I've seen a couple flying. Once I saw it. Yeah, One yeah. day I saw it and it disappeared. Yeah, I was like, why did it disappear? Who's, that, who's ever got that flag <laughs> yeah. in the north? And bring, bring it, it in, bro. Out. Bring it, it in. Is welcome. You know, you know, because they love you. Someone asked to wave it for a bit and then they got drunk and stole it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> when flag disappear, that's kind of what happened. There's so many different flags. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we gotta have an Armenian flag. We're in LA, you know. I'll rep it. I'll go out there with it. I would love that. Yeah, everyone would love that. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing with this. This community it started with you know um of course the latino fan base and then you know they reached out to korean people to try to get that fan base in and now yeah progressively we're you know we know that there's every type of community possible that's out here in la we just have to tap in and you know Correct. people like you are going to be the people that are going to be able to reach out to these people i'm all about it yeah in. yeah it's beautiful oh yeah and also if we sign henry mkhitaryan that would be crazy. I kept saying that, but didn't he just go to... Where'd he go? He, I, think he, he, I think he moved Milan? in Italy. Yeah, Italy, he moved yeah. from Roma to maybe to, Milan. I think it's Milan. Yeah. yeah. 
So I, I forget how old he is. He's right. He's right on that sweet spot. He's get, get him here for a couple good he's years. Such an amazing player, though. Tam yeah. Tam 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 well, and, and it's he's a player that unifies us as you know. Manchester United and Arsenal. Heck yeah. uh, he played for both of our clubs. It's well, there the, you go. Unifies the whole table. Oh, yeah. uh, shout out to Mkhitaryan. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm seeing Chavo, young Chavo, and he's every morning he's waking up. He's got a skateboard or he's got his guitar, mm -hmm. and he's spending so much time on both of those. At what point, like, do you start saying? No, it's the guitar. Like, at what point does does your mind change from like I'm, I'm loving this to like I, I'm gonna never stop doing this. Easier to impress girls with the guitar. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that. Oh, I bros, have you seen skateboard tricks? Skateboard gift. Yeah. No, it's both. It's both. But um, <laughs> I think what happened is I got a car at 16. But I still, then I used my car to go further places to skate. Like, I would mm -hmm. skate, bro. Like, I, I was in Hollywood, and I would skate. My parents would go to work two jobs each, right? Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't know where I'm doing. My grandma raised me half, half the time when I, in that era. And um, so we would skate to Venice Beach. And back in the summer when we had no school, we'd skate all the way to Venice, skate with some pros, bro. I got myself... I. I met Nottis. He taught me tricks. I met Christian Hussoy, skated with him, Jeff Hartzell, um, Tony Alva, like the whole Dogtown crew. Just, I got myself there and I was this young kid. So they were like, you know, getting a kick out of me. They were like mm -hmm. this kid. And then they knew I would travel so much to be there by myself at 12 years old, bro. Like my yeah. son at 11 did anything close to that. I'd lose my mind, right? Because <laughs> the era is different too. Like you would yeah. never think a kid from Hollywood could go all the way to Venice, but it was like, took me three hours to get there and three hours back. Right. So imagine I'd like wake up at eight, be there by 11, 12, skate till like four, five, head back, be back by seven or eight. Crazy. And, but that was like fun. And so then the car came in and I would go to Glendale high school and skate there. And then I would go to different high schools and stuff. LA city college was a big spot for us. I skated a lot around the Vermont area, Edgemont area. Okay. Um, and, but the guitar was always there. Um, I think once like high school, I kind of like wasn't skateboarding as much. I had a girlfriend and kind of that happened, but the guitar was always there and I always had little bands I would start, uh, but I was playing guitar, no bass at the time. And then when it got, when I got a little older, say like 19, I was just kind of looking for bands, but there was so many guitar players and not bass players. Okay. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like the bass players were either really good to the point where they were like Les Claypool and thought that they were a guitar player. Yeah. And so they were competing against the guitar player. I was like, that's not what we're doing here. Or they sucked. They just, well, it sucked meaning they were fresh. So they just, they just bought they're just it. The yeah. They're, you know, and they're like one string and they couldn't follow. To me, a bass player always was the meat and potatoes of a group. Like, you know what I mean? Don't try to shine. You will by the groove, by the do rhythm, the you know? Yeah, do the thing. You're the bottom. You go away. Everything's empty. That's what a bass player is. No one would play like that. So I traded in my Randall badass. I wish I had it. Randall half stack. And I got an Ibanez sound gear. And then through the recycler, the old recycler magazine, the news newspaper mm -hmm. classifieds mm -hmm. i um pulled a pv amp and then i got an amp peg after so i started learning and it was just kind of like moving from i was always a rhythm guitar player never lead really so it just it was easy transition and uh, I, I knew how i wanted to play and that's when i joined this one band called roswell and the guys are in a group called hell and 55 now i still kind of communicate with them through you know we're, we support each other yeah that's awesome and um uh, we were practicing in Burbank in the same complex where the dudes from System, but all in different bands. 
And somehow we kind of like knew each other from the old private school. I didn't, I didn't mention I used to go to a private school for 10 years in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we met and I loved what they were doing. So it, when we took a break, I would go hang out in their room. It was like a complex, you know, studio complex. And one thing led to another. Their bass player left. They asked me to join. I said, I don't want to take the place because I knew the bass player as a really good friend of mine. It was like taking someone's girlfriend. So I was like, yeah. I can't do that. So they said, no, we're going to switch it up. We're going to be a totally different band. We lost our drummer. So it was just Serge and Darren, singer, mm-hmm. guitar player, now new bass player. We changed the name, changed the songs, brand new songs. So it was like, that's how I became the bass player. of And then I, man- at first they asked me to manage their little band that they were doing. Mm-hmm. But before I could get them anything, happened the bass player left drummer left so we just started a new thing and i managed that so you're like <laughs> so i managed i came in here to manage like, yeah no, 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 actually, okay no we're done now this. yeah that's like that's like john thorrington coming to like manage the club and then they're like no john actually we need we need a left back yeah you know, <laughs> so our, our left back please. injury is happening so S- since you just you're cool and you field? do pick up the you know i go dude you guys have been playing your whole life your instruments that you're doing this band mm-hmm. i just picked it up a year ago they're like you, you're doing fine, bro. Like you, you got this. And I, and they gave me that courage to like be in a band with a bass, you know? And like, mm-hmm. and I just took it and I managed it and I was working at a bank and still going to college at the time. And I was going to Glendale city college. I was working at first interstate bank doing wire transfer, started as a bank teller. And then I did wire transfers. And during the calls of the wire transfer, someone would be transferring, let's say hundred K from here to here. I'd hang up and I'd call the rocks. He'd be like, we need a gig. They'd be like, we need a demo. I'd be like, we don't have a demo because we don't have any money for the demo. Right. right. And then they'd be like, then we can't give you a gig. It was like catch 22. Mm. And, um, I bugged them enough for them to give us a show. We sold tickets, got the show, sold the show out. First, so that first show, show was Roxy. Roxy. Yeah. Wow. It was May 28th, 1995. Wow. I booked this all. I'll never forget it. Started yeah. That Roxy yeah, I, I kind of followed so the lead of, I'd read a lot, and like I had a lot of those magazines, Circus, Rip, and shit, and so I'd read about other bands, and Motley Crue was a band that I really looked up to, and they started there. Their mm. first gig, I think, was at the Roxy, and then they did all the little clubs, so I'd ask for advice from magazines, you know what I'm saying? I'd like read, and that was our online at the time, that was mm. my our inter- internet, I'd go to 7-Eleven, all my allowance would go to fucking magazines, yeah. you know? And... um that's before I had a job and all that. Yeah. But still, you know. Um, I think the passion was so much more complicated back oh, then. Oh, dude. <laughs> you know how I found out where, like, okay, back to the skater shit. You know, yeah. how I met Nautis, who was my super, like, I was a f- fanatic of this guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, he invented the kickflip and shit, this guy. Oh, shit. So, and I knew he was Santa Monica, but I would watch the videos. In the video, I see a street corner, and it was Frazier. And then I was like, okay, that's Frazier at the beach. So, pulled out a Thomas guide. Looked for the street, the Frazier, found the street, was at the beach. So one time my parents were going to the beach. I said, drop me off here. I'm going to skate here. I skated there until I see, and then there was a house that had the last name on like little wooden thing that hangs right in front of the house. That's I was like, dude, school. that's where he lives. So I'm kicking it outside. This is how, nowadays like maps, all this shit, no, yeah. navigation, nothing. I saw it in a video, followed it through Thomas Guide, which is a map, you know? Yep. And then got there and the mom comes out and says, hey, are you a fan of my son? I'm like, yeah. He, <laughs> it brings me in the house. Shows what? me his old room, that gives me so videos crazy. of this kid, of, of now videos like photos and stuff of the kid, mm-hmm. of the skater. And then he comes home, sees this fan in his house. <laughs> well, yeah. Fuck mom. You know, and then we became kind of cool after that because I, I had the balls to do it. You know what wow. I'm saying? It's like when you have a passion, you got to you gotta run for it, bro. Oh, that's what man. you do, you know? So I, so I did, I used that mentality and that drive. I still have that mm. to manage system the first three years and get the gigs and follow kind of a guideline of like do two shows a month, travel throughout all the clubs, you know, 
do the anti-club dragonfly opium den whiskey roxy troubadour start again you know kind of like a three-month run until shit goes down and we just did and the crowds got bigger and bigger and bigger never smaller you know knock on wood it just happened people were digging us every time mm. we always added a song we always did something new there's always you can't play the same show you know mm. yeah so then one day rick rubin showed up damn you know and that was it that was at the viper room wow so yeah. so i mean so many people listening to this podcast are are huge fans of system of down i'm sure there are people who i mean look that's that became one of these bands right Rage Against the Machine, yeah. Sublime, System of a Down. I like checked this. for Rage once. So I was going to Glenda College, mm. and I had a girl, and we were playing local shows, right, at the Dragonfly, and the girl at the Dragonfly calls and goes, hey, what are you doing this afternoon and evening? I said, nothing. So like, you want to make 100 bucks? I said, sure. He goes, Rage is going to play a secret show. Come and move their gear for them. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told them. I'm friends with the guys now. I don't think I've told them that that was me. Um, and I went, give me 100 bucks, and I moved their shit around, and then <laughs> when they were playing... I was in the pit going crazy. It was like, you know, they probably saw me. Isn't that the guy moving our shit? Like, <laughs> jumping off the stage and shit. Yeah, so I had moments like that, bro, where I just kind of, I, I go all in if I love something. Yeah. You know? You gotta love the hustles. Like yeah. the hustle come up stories. Man. Especially 100 bucks, bro. Back in the day when it was, like I said, it's not just, we recorded a song on our laptop and put it on. None of that, bro. Like, the, the, the legwork that went into, like, blowing up back then was a whole different thing. Yeah, and I mean, like I was mentioning before, just like, those bands become such hallmarks of Los Angeles yeah. and hallmarks of the city. And like your story is so, I think like representative of, I mean, think about it. Like, but it, you could probably pop up to fountain from your house, go down, take, a, take maybe two more blocks up and you're at the Roxy. You know, it's um, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's so close. Like, you know, everything what was down was my street. So, so near to where you came. I'm telling you from my apartment window, I would hear punk rock music. And I would see all these people outside of, there was like on Fountain and Kingsley, there was a little club called the Natural Fudge Cafe. I found out later that the Misfits, Ramones, and mm. fucking all those bad, dead Kennedys were, were started there. Like they would, when they come to LA, they would play that club. Yeah. So I was a witness to that, didn't know who I was, Cro-Mags. I would see that shit, not knowing who the band is, but I see the people outside and I was like, fuck, that's so cool. You know, like yeah. you're from my window, it. You're yeah, I was it, like, from yeah. my window, bedroom window. I would hear, no, <laughs> so I'd be looking out, seeing all that shit. Didn't know that those wow. were legendary bands starting, beginning. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Craziness. All, like, yeah, LA was so full of those little pockets and bubbles that yeah. just kind of blew up into something totally different. Yeah, bro. It's so dope living here. Incredible. Well, we're gonna take our first break, and we're gonna get back with Shavo, and now we're gonna get into. Uh, the part about LAFC and how he started coming to, to follow this club and, and the song. So, Rep in the City, coming soon. We are going to take a break. We're back. This is this. This is the normally Josh Spice would be introducing this episode, but Josh Jeez, Spice went to go watch us. fuck that guy. W- watch Portland <laughs> away. So in his absence, I'm going to continue on. We got Shavo here in the backyard hanging. Um, we're just talking about the born and raised drop and people losing their minds. There's another drop. It was about a year ago that they did the first one, wasn't it? About like last October. And whatnot. 
So the LAFC community is always top of mind on this podcast. And I think it would, it would make sense to start from the beginning. Like, how do you, how do you get to that first game? Like who brought you and, and what was that first experience like seeing LAFC play? Um, it was rich, you know, rich He's the man, he's the brand manager, um, for LAFC, but it was also through Ara Soonjian, who's a director. And I think he did a couple of LAFC commercials mm. and, um, he also did, he, he directed the, the Protect the Land video for us, though, the, the two songs that we dropped before in, in 2020 mm-hmm. um, for the Armenian shit going down and, and you know, when Azerbaijan was attacking us, still attacking us, by the way. Um, and so we had, a, we had a show, two shows planned at the bank uh, in 2020, yeah, May, May of 2020, and then the pandemic hit. So we had to postpone it to 2021, then it got postponed to think February, no, to October of 21. And then Serge got COVID the day before. So we postponed it to February of 2022, which is, I think that's when it went down, right, recently? Mm, yeah. And uh, it's, fuck, it's been postponed so many times. But w- within that span of like 2020 and 2022, um, I was invited a few times. But my schedule was never right with it, right? And I, like I said, I've been invited to a lot of things. And, I, you know, I, I actually came halftime. I didn't really know what I was going to feel. I had no clue. I was like, you know, oblivious to what I was about to experience. Right. Mm. And I get there and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This energy is wild. Like I love this shit. And I started watching and I, you know, I, I told you, I explained how I was into s- football, I, but I didn't know rules. I didn't, you know, I knew some, but I didn't know all. I didn't know even like the 11 players. I didn't know a lot of that. Yeah. And there was a gap, right? Like from when you were a kid, and a watching your gap. dad, it wasn't yeah. like you kept following football. No, I mean, you're I too watched busy skating and music. Yeah, and I fucking, watched yeah. like World Cups and stuff like right. that, but I didn't really like, I, I didn't have a team. Yep. You need to have a team to like really get into it, you know? Anyway, so I came, I stayed, met Rich, felt the energy, felt the vibe, the 3252. I mean, that's the, that's the mecca of the fan base, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I love it. I love it till today. I f- consider myself a piece of it. And so that was, it was the last game of the last season. Okay. And uh, we tied and didn't make the playoffs or something. Wasn't like, it we, Vancouver? Was it yeah. Vancouver? I don't remember. Yeah, that's it was where Max showed us that why he should why, be our goalkeeper. Yeah, why he should be our goalkeeper. Yeah, so, so he, yeah, he, he wasn't there yet. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. the opposing. He, he was on, yeah. he was on Vancouver. Yeah, he kept <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> so that was wonderful. So um, thank God for him. Yeah. I love that guy. Shout um, out Max. Yeah, shout out to Max. And um, so... I couldn't believe how excited I was. Well, when's the next one? Well, this is the final one. I'm like, what do you mean it's the final one? You can't bring me here and tell me I can't come next week. You know, like yeah. I was ready to like cancel my schedule for the next month, you know, two months, whatever, and just show up anytime there was a game. So I had to wait. And then the new season started and it was a day game. And I brought my father mm-hmm. and my two sons and they had a blast. And I had a blast at this point. I'm on like, I'm walking the floor and I'm on, you know, it's, it's so cool being on the field too. It's just really a energy. And then the, you got the fans to the left and, you know, you get to feel it. And um, I haven't stopped. I think yeah. I've missed one game and because I was on somewhere on playing a show or something or something, I don't know where I was. I just couldn't do it or else I planned vacations around games now. <laughs> well, then or, now you're or, one of us. You see yeah, the schedule dude, come out. I see. That. I have the schedule. Now your life is going to fit around yeah, the schedule. That's what it is. <laughs> when I had lunch with, um, I had lunch with Rich and he said, I'd love to bring you in and have you be more of a, just a fan, you know, because he, he knows I know a lot of people and I started bringing other people in, you know, because I wanted to bring, you know, create a bigger fan base 
and you know one influencer comes and he influences a lot of other people to witness what happens and then mm. they be, get the bug so this season was has been that for me is not only is i'm enjoying it but i'm also bringing some cool people to enjoy it who are friends of mine who can inspire others yes. influence others to watch a game and be like oh damn this is really cool like this isn't just a football game uh it's 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 a it's a like a it's a cult kind yeah. of vibe. Like, yeah. I feel it like a cult. Yeah. yeah. In, it in really the best, is. In the best sense of that yeah. word. Of course. I don't mean no it in a bad way. <laughs> no, no. I mean, dude, I see my band as a cult band. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if you either love us, know us, or you don't know us, or you hate us because mm. you're scared of us or something. You know what I mean? I think that's the vibe that this team has. It ain't just, it's, it's not your everyday team, bro. But, but, and well, fan base. And I love, I love that because, look, for those of us, you know, in the North End, right? I remember so many times, so many times those first few seasons, it's, it's this urgency to tell your friends. Yeah. I wish I was around longer. It's like, I feel, I look forward to 10 years from now saying, yeah, I've been around for 10 years. You know, like it's, I'm on the show and I'm telling you, this was my first like actual full season. But Mm. I'm telling you, if someone brought this to me four years ago, I might've that I would be able to say it was, you know, or from the beginning, I wish I could say I was here from the beginning. I just didn't have an in. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't in, you know? Yeah. And because of the way Galaxy was, I just wasn't into it. Like, I've been to a Galaxy game back in the day and just never, not dissing the Galaxy, you know, and I know it's a thing too, it's but okay too. I know it's okay too. I just, you know, <laughs> no, you know, yeah, we you, appreciate you know what I'm saying? Either yeah. Way, we appreciate the it honesty. just wasn't, yeah. it, no, it didn't it, bring me back. It, it just, you know. For, I feel like most of us, it was, it wasn't like we didn't like them, but it was just like, Nothing pulled you Nothing in. Nothing pulled me it in, was, bro. You were just indifferent about it. Like, yeah. okay, if I get a free ticket from, like, El Superior. I'll go, I'll you know, go. I'll have a beer, you know, yeah. I'll have, you yeah, know. David and then, Beckham's really good looking. I'll have to look at it. Whatever it is, you know. <laughs> and then the, it's funny because once I came a few times, then I get people from the Galaxy inviting me to go see Galaxy. They see that I'm at the games uh-huh. and I'm posting and I'm having all these people from the Galaxy hit me up. And I'm like, nah, bro, I'm all LAFC. And I keep telling them that. It's like, oh, okay, well, maybe next time. I'm like, maybe not. (laughs) And it's like... It's too late now. And now there's this... I know about the rivalry and the shit. And I'm like, I can't. Like, the first actual, like, one of the games I saw was... So this is the one I... It was at their place in Carson. And it was my kid's birthday. And I had taken them to a little place in Palm Springs. And I get there and the game is on. I turn it on. It was the one where, like... There was a bunch of offsides calls where Vela was, you know, and uh, yeah. we lost. And I was, yeah. oh my God, bro. It was like, it ruined my trip because <laughs> I was so aggro and my family was watching me get aggro. Like, dude, this guy, <laughs> my, my kids got into it. My, so now I watch with my kids. If I'm at home watching away games, mm-hmm. I got my kids with me and they're just all into it. My daughter, I have a four-year-old daughter that watches LAFC with me. I have my nine-year-old son, happy birthday, Hike. Um, he's all about it. He comes, he goes, who scored? Was that Chicho? Like, yeah, he knows yeah. names, you know, of players and shit. So it's fucking cool as hell. And um, it's become like, I know I have an LAFC family here and I have an LAFC family at home. My family's all about it. And then my wife, dude, she doesn't even, she's not a big sports girl, you know, sports mm-hmm. woman. But she came and she posted and the word, the word she uses, she's a writer. The word she uses, infectious. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's my girl. You know, that's like, that's, yes, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Cause she was taken by it. She was rooting and going crazy. I don't see her doing that, you know. That energy so. kind of engulfs you. When yeah, you and I see you know people like be there, be real. Who's like I'm friends with for so long, and now we're like we did the song together, and it's just. Uh, and I met Flicked. What a cool guy! I feel like I met a friend for life and a mm. partner, musical partner. 
uh, working with him was, I know I'm already talking about the song, yeah, but it's just kind of went in, it's like, it's a nice segue, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so just, that kind of just happened naturally then just through meeting. Oh yeah. There was nothing planned. It was yeah. like, uh, one of the, sh one of the games I came, oh, the second or third game I came to was with, uh, the dude from Ted Lasso was there. Oh, okay. Brandon, right. Brandon Hunt, the, the, the main guy. guy. Oh, Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. Mm. And so we spoke in the green room, not the green room, but the hangout, you know, the, the suite. Yeah. And I told him I was on SNL because we played SNL. Mm -hmm. And he's like, of course, I know you were. That was the first show I had a skit in. And I was like, what? What a coincidence, right? So yes. we bonded. He's like, I'll, I'll always remember you guys because you guys were the musical guests at the first show I had a skit. So then we're bonding. So then I watch, start watching Ted Lasso. I had never seen the show. Mm. Now I'm watching Ted Lasso. Now I'm this big football crazed person. And then I, I meet Flicked. And I guess the next one I saw, uh, that Kid Ink dude was there. Mm. And then I started asking about what, why, you know, and then they said, oh, he did the song, Do It For LA, with B. And I'm like, no way. I didn't even know the song existed. So then I met Flicked and his manager, and we just started kicking it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we started talking about making music together. It wasn't even about doing an LAFC track. Because I love to, to, to collaborate. I'm a big collaborator. I love meeting people and just like giving what I got into theirs and seeing what happens, you know. And I don't have a genre, even though system is heavy, but I love hip-hop. I grew up with it. I grew up with NWA and Public Enemy and, you know, Run DMC and shit, Beastie Boys. My kids listen to Beastie Boys all day. You never... Yeah. Like honed in on one. Huh? No, no, I just love all. everything, bro. I, I love EDM. I That's DJ. Different. Like I DJ. I used to, like in the '90s. I used to do all the underground raves that like the Moon Tribes and shit. Like I was like I had another name. I you know I'd hide with a mask. You know like, and people didn't know the dude from System was the, the DJ that just spun. You know, um, so music is music, bro. You yeah. know if it's good, it's good. It doesn't matter what genre it is at all. Period. That's just my take of it, on it. So, Flicked invited me to the studio his studio down in venice and we're gonna do a new lafc track i said fuck let's go i'm in like this is gonna be so fucking cool and he played me a beat and i started playing and it turned into a fucking rep in the city That's... and then uh it was just the two of us on there we had a version that they played right after halftime when the team was running in they played a little demo clip with mm -hmm. no send dog on it no no cypress in there mm -hmm. and then um we were trying to figure out who we got for vocals, you know, to because we were just going to drop it as an energy track, just a hype track. And I said, you know, we'll get more, you know, if there is a vocal on there, someone cool, you know. And I B had done the other track. So I was like, what if I talk some friends with all the Cypress? I was like, why don't I get everybody on there? So I one by one, I called, called Sen first because he had some issues, health issues. So I was mm. making sure he was able to. And he's like, fuck, yeah, for you, I'll do anything. Thank you for consuming. Like, fuck, this is cool. He did that part and then called B up. We got sent. We want, well, fuck, yeah, I'll do anything for the team, for you guys. I love you. We went into the studio, me, Flicked, and um, Rich, and he dropped that verse on us with the dolly, dolly. Oh, we were on the floor. We have video of hearing that happen for the first time. It was so cool. Mm. And so it just became what it became, bro. And then even like the 11th hour, I hadn't played much guitar on it. It was mostly bass. And then I had a feeling. I was like, wait, that part? I can play this. So I call up Flick. It's not printed yet. He goes, nah, bro. So I went into my studio, pulled the track up, played that the high-pitched guitar part that happens during the big drop. And it just made it more frantic and gave it more of a system feel, you know? Mm. So Because we wanted to put our DNAs on there. Yeah. There's the Cypress DNA. I want a system DNA and the Flick DNA, you know? 
Well, that's so, what I was going to ask about. Yeah. I mean, you've known Cypress for a while, but this is the first time you collaborated musically with them, is it? Or had you No, done not on a song, but I've played with them live many times. Right. Uh, I actually got on stage with him, with, uh, with Cypress, with Slash, and played that Rock Superstar track once uh, at yeah. the Troubadour. Crazy show. Crazy time. Uh, so they've just been homies of mine, bro. And like, I'll do anything. And I know Darren, my guitar player, played, a, wrote a song with them on one of the records. Nice. Which sounds like kind of systemy. Um, LA music. Yeah, man. Well, I, we, we all love doing that shit, bro. You know. Well, and what I was gonna say is like, <laughs> it's possible that you guys would have made a song together. That's that same group of people, but it's also possible that like it only happened because of LAFC and like the time that it happened. And I do think. When I think about the North End and people who collaborate on T-shirts and scarves and hats and pins and stickers and that DIY aesthetic of like working together and like, oh, this person's a sick designer. What if we pop them over there? It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the community of people who, yeah, maybe some of them know each other. Maybe they're kind of newer friends and working together and coming together to create something. It's that punk rock DIY. like. It's, it's all yeah. these, it's all the off-field production of the club right like things happen so much having nothing to do with this energy that we have it's it's just this like togetherness where you're open to do things with others yeah you know just because of the common bond that you have i guess right yeah and it's just really cool like i said i love to collaborate and anyone i have any kind of bond with in any way it's a great you know i'd love to try even if it doesn't work out it's something i love to do you know for the cult yeah dude for the (laughs) for the cult for the club for the cult i mean four letters four letter word so, football cult. Yeah. That's the so, Los Angeles football cult. We should have done that. <laughs> I wanted to ask a little bit about that, just that experience of seeing the 3252 for the first time, like Dude. when you came and, and sort of, you know, as someone who's used to touring, used to doing shows, used to seeing crowds. I think like that might be the that might be my attraction, bro. Well, what is yeah, it? What feels is, like my crowd, bro. Like that's they what I'm react ask, like yeah. that to us. Like, so when we play, for example, when we do Brazil, like, they lose their, not just Brazil, anywhere. They mm-hmm. lose their minds like that. And we were at the bank and our crowd reacted like that. That's how they react to us. You know, we don't have a tame crowd at all. No one just watches our shit, you know. Yeah. And so I got that energy from them and I live for that energy. I've had it since I was 21, you know. So it's like, that's what I know. Mm. You know, even from the little clubs, the Roxy I spoke of, mm. they did that. I have the video. My dad filmed on his big ass VHS recorder. Oh, yeah. He filmed that first show and I watched and the kids are flipping out. And um, to the left, from the first show to the last show to my to my football experience, mm. when that roar happens and that passion happens, I love passion. I speak with passion. People think I'm angry when I'm just being passionate. No, like wifey and I's biggest issue is that I'm I'm yelling at her when I'm really just being passionate. <laughs> you know, what I'm stop yelling. I'm not yelling. You know? <laughs> I'm just happy. You know. Anyways, that is what I see. And it ha- also has to do with the different nationalities and cultures that are there. Mm. And that's another thing. When I spoke of me bonding with Latino and Latina people, we have passion. There's just like overzealous vibe where you're, when you love something, you really love it, you know? And so I see that. So that's my experience with the three, two, five twos. I see that. And I love it. Even when I went to Austin and I met you, um, 
they were they had it there, even though it was a little section, but they had it, and we were losing our asses. They still had it. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah, there. So the fucking, the Austin know. experience was an interesting one. I mean, I, how many weight games had you been to? Or That's that, the only that one. That was the oh, first, first one, bro. Wow. Yeah, so. it was, uh, I, was, I did the walk of shame. But everyone, they were so nice there, though, bro. Yeah. How nice is, are their fans, bro? There like was, a year well, some of the team. Some of the ones right near, there was, there was a little. There were? The I didn't club, see that. The club could have, the Austin side could have done better organizationally with how they had the away support. Let's just leave it at that. I got you. There was, there was, there was some that, but yeah, elsewhere in the stadium and just Austin in general. Was you know very, that beer place we were having beers? That was very, they were like, that vibe was great Bro, there. if yeah. that was someone else, they could have, they were in brawls, you know what I'm saying? But yes. we were like, there was green and black, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was like, they were just kicking it together and I was tripping out that, how are they getting along? Yeah. Am I gonna get like? Am I gonna get into a fight right now? Because if someone looks at me, they're wrong. I'm, I've got I have the LA attitude, but everyone's like, "Hey, man, happy <laughs> yeah. to have you." Yeah. I'm like, "Happy to have me." Wait a second, I'm not here for you, bro. <laughs> Why is the one cool thing about like the MLS compared to all the other you know huge leagues that are around the world is because it's not so like ingrained in our identity, like to the point where it's like family histories and whatever. Yeah. like you can be friends with someone that's wearing the other color. It's weird, bro. Well, I, also, because like in like Europe and like other places, well, you know, gang culture started here, mm-hmm. but gang culture out there was like the Probably club different. you supported. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. You're right. The, the colors, the hooligans. You, yeah, the hooligans, the soccer like, you know, hooligans, like, football hooligans. Their red and black was just their club colors, or you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, we've talked about this in the pod before. I do think the opportunity that MLS supporters have is to sort of like leave aside some of the bullshit yeah. that maybe isn't so helpful in, in, in a world that needs more community and needs more together. Well, I back it, bro. Yeah. I back that unity. I mm-hmm. do. Because then you get nothing wrong from that, bro. It's all positive. So, you know, even though I see what goes on when it's like LA... FC versus Galaxy. Yeah, it's a little crazier. Yeah. That is very spicy. It ain't nothing <laughs> like, you know, that. I see the craziness, you know. It's pretty nuts, bro. So, so tell me a little bit about that, the rest of that Austin experience. I mean, the game obviously didn't go ideally, but, like, what else did you think about getting to see so many people that come to the games that far away and, like, that experience? And it's weather. impressive. Yeah. It's yeah. impressive. It, 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 you know, it's just, it was, I didn't expect to see so many fans from here or there, one. I didn't get, expect to see the unity, too. And it was just a great experience. I just wish it was a little closer to the 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 score, you know. I, yeah, just, yeah. I wish it wasn't so. Well, don't one-sided. worry. You'll get, you'll get another chance to do it in a way. Yeah, I sure. will. I will. Yeah. I was I was ready to go tomorrow to Portland. I was ready to get the flight, but I have another trip Monday mm. for, for business, so I couldn't go. Come back. Go. I have the kids and stuff, and I won't be gone for so long. You know what I'm saying? But um. It's my kid's birthday. I would be leaving on his birthday. I didn't want to do that. Well, we'll yeah. let you know next season which which ones are going to be. The let big, me know, bro. I'm in. Yeah. yeah, the big ones. I'm there. I'm yeah, there. Yeah. Rich hit me up. He's like, LAFC um, cult or whatever he calls <laughs> us. He's like, he, he has a name for our thing where it's like the the ones that traveled with us. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, let's go. We got to support. I'm like, fuck, I wish. I just I have that trip coming up. Yeah. That trip in the middle of le- next week is bothering me. It's like, it's a. It's for 22 Red that we'll talk about later. Mm. But it's at a time where, like, Wu-Tang's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I was like, I wanted to see that. I have another favorite band, Clutch, that's playing. Like, they never come to L.A. They're in L.A. that Wednesday, and I'm gone. That It's like, why did it have to be that one stupid, like, anyways, I'm just pissed. We, the but maybe, Portland hey, maybe game. something great's going to happen at that. I hope yeah, it is. I Wednesday. hope let's it is. Leave, let's leave but, the door open But then for there's, that like, the artistic stuff that I want to see, like, the, the entertainment I want to see. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That would be Portland would be fun. Mm. Uh, Wu-Tang would be even funner. And then... Cause I'm, you know, I'm really close with RZA. He's about to call me, I'm sure, and say, "Hey, we're in LA. We're going to, we're gonna be at the bowl." And he saw me at the bowl play, you know. So it's like now I was gonna 
see Return him. The favor. But it's the day I'm gone, bro. It's the day I take off. So it yeah, is what it is. There's not many venues like the Bowl. No, man. When we played, I'll be honest. Okay, Bank was amazing, by the way. The two shows, I didn't expect that mm. greatness. And the sound was great. And the, everything was amazing. But the Bowl, there was this like mystical vibe. Yeah. They're playing there. Magical. Yeah, something different. Yeah, we both had a couple well, of great bowl experiences last year. In your life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so crazy. My younger brother See played a band with. A, I've only known one song of. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 younger brother plays with the neighborhood. You know the band. The neighborhood? I've heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, that's they cool. played. They sold out the bowl last year. Like Amazing. Last, you know, and we all went, and it was. A, yeah, you're right. There that's, is some energy something there, at yeah. that space that. He, you know, special. it's open to the public in any time you want, except when there's a show. You can go there and hang out there and shit. Yeah, you can like walk in there right now. If there's no show there tonight, you can go camp out there, go to the park, and have like picnic out at the bowl. Yeah, I just found that out by Damn, the way. That's I'm a here. great secret. I've been here my whole life, and I didn't know that about LA. You know, there's this page I follow, um, LA Moments or something. It's like mm -hmm. this dude gives you LA like in a minute. LA in a minute. That's the guy. He's the best. He's cool. <laughs> so I think that's where I heard it, and I was like, really, <laughs> we should be going there a lot because it's such a good vibe there. He's you if you weren't so long winded. <laughs> Jeez, thanks, about. bro. <laughs> you could never... I thought I've kept it tough today. No, no, no. I thought I kept no, it tough. I'm, I'm the long winded minute, one today. It will be 20 minutes yeah. long every time, bro. LA in a minute. It's really cool for anyone in LA. Yeah, Damn, LA you know what? I'm gonna hit him so up. Hard. I'm gonna hit him up and have him do a LAFC LA in a minute. Oh, let me make a note. Let me make a note, guys. This is coming up. All right, All right. Chavo's making the note. We're I'm gonna take our note. second break and we're gonna get back and talk a little bit about 22 Red, a little bit about tea time, and have a little tea. send off. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say a little bit of tea time and have a little bit of tea. LAFC right. in a minute. back fcfc pod chavo's in the building or in the backyard as it were uh it's tea time tea and time. as we were mentioning earlier it's our first daytime episode and i thought you know instead of doing the normal gong fu cha where i do all the small cups and the smell cups uh we'll have to have chavo back for if he's want to have that experience but we did cold brew because it's still a little hot it's, uh, it's almost october in la but we've got three cold brews all three are japanese green teas one of them is Japanese sencha, which is what we're drinking right now, this first one. It's a shincha, a new tea from southern Japan, Kyushu. Uh, when I went out there, Yame, my You're favorite region. Wow, bro. It's a, it's a light steamed, all right, asamushi. This guy, which I means love that. The, the leaf is mostly intact. I know that we're, I'm talking to two cannabis connoisseurs, so I, I know, you know, the plant that we love might be a little bit different, or we same, might respect both of them, Yeah, but it's, it's quite similar. No, you're so. talking to me like a connoisseur. I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, yeah. so it's, it's a huge obsession, love of mine. Everyone on the podcast knows. It's I, it, My whole goal was always with this podcast was actually just to turn LAFC into, into a, a whole tea a community. Tea thing. <laughs> yeah, so That's great. So yeah, we're having that, and then Shava, we also have a couple other ones I'm going to try them all. Yeah, one of them is uh, Genmai Cha, which you often have at like sushi restaurants, like mm -hmm. with the brown rice. Okay. It's a cold brew. Um, that I made art myself here, and then uh, roasted green tea. So it's called hoji cha. Is the roasted, roasted? Does it give it like a smokier thing? It's a little. It's a little smokier. It's yeah. a. It's a. Yeah. It's just like a darker. But all three are kind of lighter teas because it's like a mid afternoon. The one I'm having, I'm digging. Yeah, this so, one's good. Yeah, this yeah. is this this is a uh, yame yame. I'm, I'm gonna have you text me. Um, where I can get this. Yeah. For the well, home. and also yeah. actually, uh, we haven't recorded since I did write, and it's now published online. The definitive 
Los Angeles Tea, Boba, and Kombucha Guide. That's great. On LA Taco. Oh, wow. Which you were recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did LA Back Taco. in like March, right? Recently, yeah. It was yeah. great. Shout out to people at LA Taco. Yeah, they're dope. Hodley, everybody over there. Javier. Great, great yeah. people. That's who I spoke with. Okay, Hodley? You know, Javier, I think. Oh, Javier. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're good people. The LA Taco Tea Guide's up there. If you just if you just look up LA Taco Tea, you know, it's, it's your boy who's coming through with the guide for y'all. He's out here, baby. I'm out here. But I, yeah, we're. I pumped a bunch of taco places, though. I was like. You know, well, what's your favorite taco spot? Do you have one? LA one? <laughs> Depends go. on the, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know what I just had for the very first time right before one of the watch parties was the uh, the one on Highland Park. It's called Villas, Villas Tacos. They're back-to-back Taco Madness champions right there in, right in front of uh, where LAFC had that watch party recently. That, those were phenomenal. They have the blue cor- corn tortillas that they press them right there Ooh. with the cheese underneath and like several different. They do the cheese underneath. <sighs> Those were those were great, but I like whole box for the seafood tacos right oh, here. Yeah, yeah, Holbox, yeah. the ceviche right next to USC. Call it the, Jap- uh, the Mexican sushi restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holbox is pretty pretty. I have a point. spot in Glendale. I mean, of course, we like tacos way. We have to give Gabriel a pump right there. Hey, they they sh- do the bomb. Shout out to tacos way. Ta- yeah, big shout out to that dude. He's a great guy. Um, El Sao's. It's on Chevy Chase mm. and San Fernando. Ridiculous. It's been there since I was a kid. Um, where I, I, I went to high school at Hoover High School, and it used to be called Queen Taco. And it was just a little truck. They got a little big, mm-hmm. and they got a little hut. So now they have two locations, one on Pacific and one, the original one. Mm-hmm. And, bro, it's, there's nothing like I mean, I've had tacos everywhere. Something about that taco that's just, maybe it's the salsa. I think it's the salsa. The meat's great, never... There's no knuckles, you know? You know when there's knuckles sometimes in those? Yep. You're chewing on something that you don't want to chew on anymore. Yeah. You have to spit it out. None of that. Just amazing beef, amazing asada, you know? And, um, yeah, it's my go-to, bro, but I just haven't been doing it because, you know, it's the, the late night stomach getting older. I can't be doing that, you know? <laughs> Hard to sleep on that shit. Late-night tacos are definitely a yeah. young man's sport. Yeah. Do you, have a, do you have a favorite, son? You know what? I can't pinpoint a favorite. I just like... What's hit for you recently? Um, there's one around me. So, I mean, this is closer to East L.A. and um, or Rosemead. Um, tacos El Patron? It's mm. just a taco truck near mm. my place. Um, but, yeah, like, they're, they're always on point after an LAFC game, and I just want to get home. Love that. <laughs> also a good spot in Laguna called Taco Loco. Ooh, Gotta look at that. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dude, really. We got we got yeah. spots all over the city. Mm-hmm. We be repping the city. Taco tacos. <laughs> repping the city. That's a good one. <laughs> it came it came yes, right sir. out. It came right out. What That's can I good. say? So, one of the other things we want to talk about today, being the cannabis enthusiast that you are, Slim, we have uh, a purveyor of of fine flour and cannabis products so here. So I've heard. So I've heard. Yes. And uh, I wish I do. I was gonna bring it you guys some, and I will. Uh, I actually was getting a jar made with your logo on it and stuff, oh, and it just took a while. Yeah, but so it's, that's why the logo was requested. Yes, we were like, yes, and I have requested? the logo, but I just haven't when it. But I have the stuff. I have oh, it all. Right. I came straight from the gym, so I wasn't able to go pick it back up. But I Appreciate will be that. bringing you guys, or I'm gonna have someone drop off a bunch of our new, new, the new bomb, new. the bomb genetics that we bomb just genetics. got. Yeah. So what strain is it right? Well, right now we have three new ones that mm-hmm. don't have a name yet. Okay. I haven't named them yet. One is a cross between a Skittles and a real old school Oak Ridge OG. Okay. Uh, there's one that's a jealousy cross with a banana cream cake, 
which is really sweet and the delicious. Yeah. yeah. And then the my favorite at the moment is a animal mince cross with a gelato forty one G forty one, which is like candy. Yeah. That just tastes like candy. These I mean just the, like the, yeah, the dry drag on that mm -hmm. is like pie bro it's it's ridiculous how they could make flour so like when that. will those start going up we will have it at all stizzy locations mm -hmm. within the next month That's so and they'll locations. be That's yeah they won't be like the crosses i'll have names for them i just haven't named them all yet i think one is going to be called zuga like sugar like mm. one of our songs but with a z because it's the skittles and um I just have a few names ready for them. That so that's one thing I do a lot is name, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, So I have like... That's honestly I have, one of the hardest parts. I have process. a list. Watch this, bro. <laughs> yeah, Watch you just this. sit there and you're like, look. I'm going to... Because everything's taken. Yeah. So yeah. for you to like look, find a name that you like that hasn't... Because we don't try to like rename anything. Yeah. So you have to do it from scratch. And if it exists, you can't name something. your strain something that uh, someone else has named it, you know? Yep. So I got like a list like this. This is an audio medium, and this yeah, man just scrolled down through. Look like probably damn guys, near yeah. 60, 60 more. names, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have more. Before. Just yeah. when they come up, I'm I have I'm ready. You know, mm -hmm. it's like a you know, it's my. So well, so let's dial it back a yeah. second. The, the the brand is called Twenty Two Red. Twenty Two Red. Tell us a little bit about how yeah how this came to be and why the name. So I'm a connoisseur like you are of tea. Mm -hmm. I'm a connoisseur and have always been. Uh, of cannabis i started off like back in the day we would drive all the way here to get the good weed mm -hmm. from my areas um there was like san pedro and 53rd we'd go there you know we'd go to hoover and pico we'd mm -hmm. get you know and um i went the, the band was touring europe and i went to amsterdam and a friend of mine who was in some industry don't want yeah <laughs> Gave me a number and said, this guy is the real deal. He, don't go to the coffee shops. There's like, those are just like every, everyday stuff. Go to this guy. Call this guy. Here's the number. We get there like 6 a.m. I call the number. And the guy's just waking up. He's like, who's this? I'm telling him. He has no clue who I am. He's like, who gave you my number? I gave him the name. He's like, okay, cool. He's like, just call me at like 10. I'm like, okay, I'll call you at 10. Fuck. Now we don't have weed till 10, right? Yeah. So I try to take a little nap, whatever. I call him at 10. He knows who I am. He must have like looked me up or something. He's like come where are you staying i tell him where i'm staying bro coincidentally our hotel his shop is right below our hotel he's like just go down and make a right and i'm like okay i go red carpet style red velvet rope they blocked it off these guys have like everything they're the creator so it's the greenhouse seed company give him a pump it's the strain hunter i called arian he's a legend when he comes around weed people right now mm -hmm. they're just like bow down to him he's the first person that branded strains made t-shirts what everyone is doing right now he did that 20 some years ago he probably a crime too <laughs> yeah he created the white widow he created the super silver haze he created the super lemon haze that's all him there's like a roster of shit that you probably smoked in your life that you didn't know and this dude created it and so he gave me a couple of big bags of weed and they were delicious looking and amazing but you know, we never had a menu before, bro. Like over here, it's like you get what you can, right? Yep. So if whatever they have, that's what you smoke. In in LA back then, it wasn't like the marketplace it is now. And so I saw the big menu, bro. It was like 30 strains. I said, listen, uh, thank you very much for this, you know, but I want, can you give me like a little sack of all, of mm. everything? Sample. And he looked at me like weird, like really? Like you're one of us, like kind of vibe, you know? And that weekend was the High Times Cup that was happening in Amsterdam. And they were doing the harvest tasting of their new harvest, right? So he invited me over 
I invited some other of my, you know, bandmates over. And this is on video. You can find this on YouTube now, but even though it's all crusty looking. Um, if you look up System Getting High, that's when I became a connoisseur. Uh, there we walked into this guy's um, apartment and he had a Thanksgiving table of bowls of the finest cannabis you can find with numbers on them. And he had it all organized. Like I had my own seat and there was, you know, like the carpal tunnel keyboard thing they got. They had, he had a carpal tunnel rolling trays in front of all of us with, you know, each one had a grinder, each one had papers. If you wanted bong, you had a bong. If you wanted a pipe, get a pipe. And we went off. It was from 4 p.m. I kicked it there till like 2 a.m. Mm. And we just smoked, like just smoked and everything. all of it's on video. And I became that connoisseur. I was like, this exists, bro. Like I can feel different. And then we had the coffee to smell, the food, the sugar to sober up and go back into it, you know? So it's like he showed us the way. It was like my OB1, you know? <laughs> Until today, he was my Yoda, no joke. Like, till today, I hit him up. He's proud of me for what I'm doing, for what we're doing. He's like, he helps me sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so it started there, my mm -hmm. whole, you know? And then when it got legal here, everyone was trying to get me to have a strain under my name. Like, why don't you do Shav OG and all this play on words and I was like you know what dude I'm the smoker you do what you do best I'm not a grower right so I was like I don't want to do something I don't know how to do just because I have a name I don't believe in that but once I met my partner and lead grower who's also with Stizzy mm -hmm. Sean his um his um Instagram is surreal yields this dude like shocked me I I knew him through his cousin who I was friends with since I was a kid he was his younger cousin and I knew he grew but I didn't know at what like capacity, capacity yeah. it was and how good it was like you can eat off the floor where he was they're playing music they're you know it's like it's an art form with yeah. this guy so at the time i was starting a brand not a weed brand it was a like a culture lifestyle brand and i named it 22 red mm -hmm. it was just supposed to be that but when he joined the crew it was two of us became three of us we decided to also do cannabis mm -hmm. and because i know now i know i can represent the best because i know it's what i smoke right yeah, so yeah. if i'm smoking it all day then i can tell you to smoke it because i can swear by it mm -hmm. i'm not about to have someone that i don't know growing something that i don't know what it is and then put my name on it being make money off of it that's not what i'm about i make money elsewhere i can do that i have business i do what i do f with my life this became a passion project at that point yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah till today we don't make a lot of money we just kind of are building this brand that will but we're still, you know, we're in it. You can't make um, this industry. It's just, right now is really bad. <laughs> the taxes. And we're all legal. We we haven't hit the gray market, which a lot of people haven't told us to. But I don't want to stay legit, bro. I want to do what I do. And I know it's fucked. The taxes suck. And yeah, I the mean, licensing that's, that's the freedom suck. you yeah. have of having all your, most, a lot of your income coming from Come elsewhere. elsewhere. If you're full in on the weed game, it's hard to stay. It's hard to stay there. And I get it. And I'm not putting anyone down for what they, you know, to each his own. This is my game. This is yeah, what I yeah. do. This is, you guys asked me about me. So, so this is how I've been, and I'm a connoisseur. Like I said, every strain has to be, I go through everything. Well, we started in three dispensaries in 2018 in L.A., mm -hmm. and now we're in three states, and it's all the prime of that state. We just, yesterday, I just got a Google alert. We won two awards for Arizona. We got best concentrates the whole state, nice. and we got best sativa flower in the whole state. So very excited about that, you know. Thank you guys for that. Um, so, 22 well, so red. you were kind of explaining a little bit about the name when, before we started recording. Mm -hmm. What, yeah, what inspired, like, the no, having the name and the color? So we were thinking about a lot of stuff, and, uh, you know, we 
we could name it anything, right? It's a brand. But I wanted to, and everyone wanted to be something Shavo again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, I want this one day to be bigger than myself. You know, I want it to be bigger than Shavo. You can't just be Shavo, Shavo Select. Everyone was given these like cheap names and shit. So what can represent me, but not be me, is I love numbers. 22 is a number I'm born with. I'm born April 22. I was married May 22. I was 22 when System of a Down got picked up. I was 44 when I thought of this. That's 22 times two. Um, my sons are born two years and 22 days apart. It's just something that rolls with me. It's not something I make happen. It just happens. Mm -hmm. So it's a number I always see. I've worn 22 jersey every with System. That's what I wear. That's the number I go by. I wear 22. You know, um, Is Opoku. 22? Yeah, Opoku. Yeah, Mahalo's yeah, Mahalo's 22. 22. He saw me wearing it. So I'm like, there's different meaning, but I love you too. You know? <laughs> can I didn't, both? You can share When 22. I got the 22, I had no idea who was wearing 22. And, you know, they asked me what number you want, you know. And I said, I'm on 22, bro. Yeah. You know, so I wear my 22 proud. Uh -huh. uh, tw and red is because I, um, this is another thing I didn't know that was a thing. Um, they call it Senastasia. It's where you relate colors with things. Uh, the whole alphabet has colors. Like each letter is a different color in my head. Uh, the, all numbers are different colors. And when we were coming up with the name and I said, I really vibe with the number 22. Let's do something with that. A friend of mine said, what color do you see when you think of 22? I go, red. He's like, okay, there it is, 22. I go, whoa. Kind of like hit me. I was like, that's mm. cool. Like, that's different, you know? Yeah. It ain't like, has nothing to do with anything, yeah. except it's just a cool thing. And, and then we're branding an actual color, and we're branding a number, which is really cool. We're not yeah. branding a word, really. It's like kind of like a visual. And a, you know, a number and a color is universal, you know? The not 22 is 22 in every language. Not yeah. the words 22, but the, the number. So when yeah, you see yeah. it, it's 2-2. Two, two. Every language has a name for 22. So anyways, that's how it became a thing. Mm. And I back it with everything I, I believe in. You know, mm. I put my name on it. I put my life on it pretty much because, like I said, I'm a connoisseur, bro, and I usually find different flowers, different genetics from different people. Um, now I have people creating it for me, which is, that's not how we started, but that's where we're at now. And I think this is going to go far. Yeah. I'm, might I'm, have, to, might have to get a 42 originals strand there. You why know, not? With the, with the LFC cast, shout out Actually, to the 42 originals. We're doing something with them. Nice. We're, uh, we just designed, we just sponsored all their jerseys. They have a side team. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's the side team? Keaton's team's called. I have it. Hold on. Hold on. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. Don't, don't. Our apologies, Keaton. No, no, don't. don't. Still love <laughs> He's, he'll be we still love him. We had a great episode with Keaton. Um, got to get him in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. We got to get to his backyard. That's true. He's got we a zoo over there. The farm, yeah. <laughs> a zoo, a farm, a uh, habitat for <laughs> the wildlife. Is it the, the Expo world. Originals? That would, huh. 42 Originals. No, there's something else. There is the Expo Originals as well. I think mm -hmm. that's what... It's the Expo Originals. We're representing the Expo Originals. Oh, okay. Oh, that's who this... Yeah, we're well, doing. Shout out to Expos. Oh, yeah. they, did they wear that for the Supporters Cup? I think so. Okay. Oh. That's probably... So they're making jerseys with 22 on them. You know how they got the flex? We yeah, got the 22 yeah. now. Oh. So I just, you know... Yeah, I, I remember. Maybe that was what people were rocking at the Supporters Cup. Maybe, yeah, yeah. We didn't play them. That's why we don't really recall. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, no, I thought it was something thing. cool to be a part that's of. You know, awesome, no, of course, man. this is my this is my shit, bro. So. It's your community. Yeah, and, 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 and we'll I think on. like it's when you're a connoisseur like that, and it's just once again like kind of going back to like I feel like there's just a difference of like old school mentality and now like word of mouth before like Yelp mm. was something more special. You're not just trying to be the first one to talk about it. Like you, 
you're only sharing the things that you're passionate about. That's what I, it like, is. That's what yeah. I get from you. Yeah. That's what it is, bro. And the 42 guys, man, they've been giving me all the select, you know, gear. Swag, I yeah. love it. I love the scarves. I want I would love to do some if they, if they're listening, bring it on. Let's do something. Let's collab on something. A Hell piece yeah. of yeah. clothing, a piece of, you know, something an, an, yeah, and the accessory. Oh yeah. I'd love to do a scarf. Be really yeah. cool something with the two. We'll link you, know. you with Keaton because there's like what I love about the community, as much as they're passionate about football, they're also that passionate about the cannabis culture. I'd love to endorse them too with yeah. that. Let them smoke some of our stuff and like swear by it themselves. Because right, I tell you, I'm sure. not I'm not joking when I only have the best in our jars. You know, I'm gonna yeah. go stop by Steezy and see if Pick James some will give me a free. He will. <laughs> he will. He will. He will. No. I'll text him and say I'm talking no, to you. I actually did text up. him a second ago, so that, that I'm here with you. I love that. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. But so you're a man of so many passions, right? I mean, you got the music. It started with skating. You, you know, you've you got it in the weed now. Of course, it's LAFC. I'm just curious, like, if we can hyper focus on this exact moment, like where you're at in your life, where you're at today. You know, on on this Friday, what are you most passionate about lately? Like, what's been pulling your heartstrings the most? Is it is it LAFC? Is it is there something else that's been any something? Could I'll be, be as honest, man. Or number one as thing is my kids and my family right now because yeah. they're just intrigued by their growing up, and it's like you create things. You know, I create songs, I create art pieces, I paint. You know, we we didn't touch on it, but it is what it is. Who cares? Um, but when you create people mm-hmm. and you watch them become get older and you and you know today's one of my son's birthdays yep. Heiko turned nine this morning and and he's gonna drop yeah. threes on, on his team right. Right. Yeah, he's gonna play yeah. a little basketball he's gonna play nine, basketball nine is when, like, they, become, they like, become people little a little, humans. little yeah. yes they're like real humans now. and I just you know I was watching I was going through his pictures because I wanted to post up and say happy birthday on you know my stories and shit and I was just fucking wow you know like, it's just such a thing to see mm. You you know, there's this meme. There's this, this this comedian goes, "Have you made people yet? Have have you created people yet? You know, it's, it's that's what it is, bro. It's really weird. But when it comes to outside of that, it's my music, and I love this team right now, bro. It's like I love watching it. I love being a part of it. But also, I've been creating a lot of music. I um, the North Kingsley record is about to drop. Um, I'm mixing it at the moment. It's being mixed in Miami. Mm. Uh, thank God it didn't get so hit because I was like, oh fuck, now we have to be delayed. But no, it's cool. Um, Five songs left to mix and we'll be done. And then I started working with a producer named Morgoth Beats, who's this like really cool head who's worked with everyone from hip hop to rock to metal to everything. And we've been writing a record that's like a solo Shavo project without a band. Like the band will be Shavo. And I've, because I've branded so many things in my life, I've never branded myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm branding numbers and letters and shit and, and colors and bands and companies but i'm not branding me why not because it's just from the heart again it's yeah. this music that wasn't forced at all they um we were gonna just write a song together and then maybe sell the song that was the original goal and but it was it we did two and then i went the second time we did the third and then it's just a good situation a working situation where I make his beats better, he makes my riffs better, and be- it becomes a song. And so he hit me up, he's like, man, why don't you ever brand your, he told me this. I've never been a me guy, it's always mm-hmm. been an us thing, you know? Yeah. He's like, brand brand this thing you, and like, show people what you got. Cause I've written a lot of songs for System, I just never screamed that I have, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I wrote Toxicity, I wrote Sugar, I wrote, you know, but I never said it out loud to anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So I do what I do, and you, you love it, fuck yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just making all this music, and it's heavy. Usually when I do side projects, I um, 
I try to go against the grain and not do anything heavy. I do like, I've done a lot of hip hop. I've worked with RZA on an album. We never dropped. I have a full album with the RZA. <laughs> oh, it's called The Chosen. I have it. One day we'll drop it. It's the craziest lyrics you're ever going to hear. Got to bring, bring RZA to a game and then that would be, be open to releasing he's the album. Been, you know? He's been out of town this whole freaking year. He's been doing shit for that Wu-Tang show on Hulu. Oh, and he's yeah, now on tour killing. with Nas. And so he's been directing films and starring in films. He's just got a lot on his plate. And I respect yeah. his hustle hard. And he inspires me. He's kind of a mentor to me. Uh-huh. That dude. Um, trying to hear someone talk, try to talk like Rizzo. <laughs> boy, <laughs> yo man, yeah. you know, you know. and uh, I, I actually produced him. That whole album I produced. I made all the beats. It was my first attempt of making beats. It was in. We started in 06. We ended in t- 2010. But it kind of left, and and I have every Wu Tang member on there. All the affiliates on. There. I have it all. It's on me, but I just haven't. We haven't dropped it. Mm-hmm. You can hear some of it on YouTube. It leaked. One of us leaked it, but um, it's not like what you're gonna hear anyway so i've done a lot of stuff that's not heavy yeah because yeah i don't want to do what i do but we haven't written with system for so long mm-hmm. that i was like i got all this shit inside of me i want to get it out yeah. and uh, you know i don't know when we're gonna do a record so or if we're gonna do one right now so well, i said I fuck it let's start i think like what i've gotten most out of this conversation and having you and like being around you is just like the passion that you have and uh, for life yeah. for living mm-hmm. and creating pretty much and um i know that we talked about this and touched on it and i know you're you're starting to 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 look at it in a new way and work on it behind the scenes but like your story itself like your life story is so fascinating and i know that like as you dive further into that road and tell that's that right story, we talked about that yeah, um in austin yeah there'll be yeah there'll be a like i've started writing story because like you know i started speaking about the whole genocide and how i be how i'm alive and why i'm you know it can start there and it could be the whole journey moscow rome queens hollywood skateboarding music i got stories crazy stories things that have imagine. happened in the moment like you know meeting certain artists at skater thing you know yeah. i told you about how i stalked a, yeah. <laughs> stalked yeah. a fucking skater the rock and like the skating culture of when like you were growing up it was like it was being creative it was yeah. such a fun time to be around it was like, it was yeah and your your view of that i mean people want to hear that yeah. It's, it's kind of like oh that's a delicious one too mm-hmm. it's kind of like having memoirs you know Be- because as far as like right now i'm still sane <laughs> and i can remember it so i just you know i want to put it down and um have it out because people have said let's make a document i'm like no nah. let's do let's write it have people read it and if it goes elsewhere mm-hmm. because of not because it's me like i said i don't really like the me thing but there's so much depth in it that I think it's a cool story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I and think people the, should read it or that, hear it or see that's it. Yeah. You though is so like you said, like that immigrant story of mm-hmm. like your parents and your family escaping genocide, bro. And then you you say you just skating around everywhere. There's so many perspectives. Right. There's yours. There's your parents. Like, what do you mean you're gonna fucking yeah. play guitar? You know yeah. What I mean? why, why do you want a guitar? And, and then what and do you? And then them getting mad at my grandma for getting it actually. But then at the end, my grandma getting the last laugh. Like, uh-huh, you know, like look what happened to him. I got it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I he did it. And she, I remember she was like so proud of me. God rest her soul. She was when it happened. She was alive. You know. She yeah. was, and she was just so proud. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that's your, like, it's literally the American dream of so many kids that have probably come here from other places that want to live what you've lived, but they, you know, they, they need to hear the story and see True. the story for it, them. It's inspiring, I think. Exactly. It's, it's Not exactly. that it's me. It could be anyone. But it's an inspiring story of, like, being dealt a certain hand mm-hmm. and taking that hand and turning it into a straight flush kind of thing. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, 
it's just passion. Yeah. People with passion and determination and consistency, consistency, persistence. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure a lot of things were That's holding back is. from one to do that. And a little bit of luck to, helped, yeah. you know, being at the right place at the right time, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, how did I end up on North Kingsley Drive? Where, you know, and how did I watch that channel and I saw Kiss? And, and you know, there's another story in that. The, the apartment I was living in uh, ended up being owned by the, the, you know, 1336 North, was owned by Gene Simmons's hairdresser, right? <laughs> wow, and that's a trip. That's another trip. And so that's the first <laughs> concert I've ever been to. So I, I like walk into the living room and I hear my mom talking to someone about me saying, yeah, he's a big fan. I was like, what, what, who are you talking to? I was 13. And she's like, oh, you know, the owner, I'm talking to the owner's daughters. It turns out that the owner does hair and, um, she does Gene Simmons' hair, and I, I said, you're a fan, and they said, next time they're in town, they'll give you tickets. I said, fuck yeah. And I had never been to a concert at that point, ever. And uh, so they came into town. They gave us, like, six row seats, and I was at a Kiss concert fucking going crazy at 14 years old with my dad. Your first concert <laughs> first, was And I got backstage, That's and I went and met them, and I have pictures of that day. Like, the, see, like, little things that just, like, what the fuck, right? How did that happen? How did the band I was in love with for no reason, because they just looked cool, first thing I saw like that, mm -hmm. ended up... the her, someone connected owning the building, ended up my mom speaking and that topic coming up. Like, right? It's like all these little things that could have never happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it was inspiring. Certain things I do on stage come from that show. Like, I thought for a second mm -hmm. that I was noticed from stage by one of the band members. I was like, oh, damn, he saw me. And the feeling I had, and that I'm this age and I'm telling people this, I want to give that to people. So on stage, I catch people. Like when I'm playing, I'll get eye contact with people and I'll hold it, I'll lock it till they know that I saw them. Yeah. And that feeling, if they can feel half as good as I feel telling the story about like, I thought he saw me. I don't think he did. He probably saw the section I was in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, but it's such a thing. So like it picked, I pick up on those little things and I give it to others because it just feels good to it's make cool, people right? happy. Feeling you know? one, I mean, most directly, feeling seen is powerful. Yeah, especially by your idol, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. fucking crazy. And then if I can give that to, like, a few kids a night, that's fucking cool. Yeah. You know, no, make everybody... Amazing. It's like, it's better to make people I, happy I, than I sad. You, know? like, <laughs> you got, you got oh, yeah. Slim in his feels in the midday. I love that. <laughs> I know. We got to do more podcasts. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's go. It's, a good, it's a good feeling, bro. Yeah. It's a good yeah. time. Yeah. Look, the it's sun is shining. It ain't too hot. Yeah. Well, we're pro-storytelling. We'll look out for that story as it comes. Yes, sir. Obviously, we're pro-storytelling on the pod. Guys, why don't we wrap up with some recommendations? So this is the part of the pod where, as a last a last moment, we like to give the listeners something to to check out: book, uh, film, TV show, restaurant, basically anything you want. Something that you've liked lately. I'll kick it off this time. Uh, for all this is the most on brand thing imaginable because it's football. Welcome to Rexham's dope. Welcome to Rexham is actually really dope. What is that? I, it, so oh, oh, the show on Hulu. That's right. Yeah. So it's um, I started, didn't finish it. Yeah. So it's it's. Rob McElhaney and from uh, who's that actor? That's yeah, from Ryan Always Reynolds. Sunny in Philadelphia and Ryan Reynolds, yes. obviously the Deadpool actor. They bought a fourth division club in Wales called Wrexham, yep. uh, one of the oldest clubs and one of the oldest stadiums in like world football. And the documentary that follows them, it's I think it's in episode like nine, but I think they're going all the way through to like fifteen, mm -hmm. and they're dropping two episodes every week. It's so much better than I expected. Really? And it's so it's so interesting. And, like, the dynamics between this, like, Hollywood people and, obviously, the players and, you know, the fans of this small town. It's worth checking out. If you love football, it's it's definitely worth it. So my, my recommendation for the week is welcome to Wrexham. A fun tidbit. Um, a Korean actor uh, 
did that years ago, like like maybe like five years ago. Bought a club. Bought a club in, in England, oh, England called the Chelsea Rovers, mm-hmm. and they tried to do the same thing, and I don't think the show did as well. <laughs> well, he's not Deadpool, I guess. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's not he wasn't. He wasn't famous. Famous enough to pull that off. You got a record? Um, yeah, I started watching Abbott Elementary mm-hmm. on HBO Max. Um, pretty fun show. It's kind of like a office format, like where they'll have like it's kind of like a show documentary. Okay, like break at, the like fourth an wall. Elementary yeah. School. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it's just a comedy where it, uh, they're in Philadelphia, like um, I guess an underprivileged school, and it's just about the teachers trying to inspire and stuff. But it's it's in a funny take. Um, but yeah, interesting show. I think she won an Emmy. That's the one that it, it, it caused some issues because I think uh, Jimmy Kimmel was laying down on the floor while she was giving her acceptance speech. Okay. But yeah, uh, she. Yeah, they got an Emmy for the show. It's it's doing pretty well, uh, entertaining and inspiring. Abbott now. Elementary. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. Abbott Elementary. Shavo, yeah. do you got a recommendation? You put me on the spot. Into? I haven't yeah. really. I have. I didn't think about it so I much. Know, I know. Normally, I yeah. normally I warn people in advance. Yeah, I slipped my mind. It's earlier. just so. I mean, I. Yeah, so I mean, much. I don't know if one thing I recommend books. Yeah, he's he's yeah. already hit taco places. Yeah, yeah, I recommend yeah, a, a lot of places. shit. Yeah, um, yeah. Book wise, I've been getting some like not self help books, but mm-hmm. like growing books. Like there's this got into the, well, anyone. Okay, so as an artist, I never really cared about business. Then I grew up a little bit, and I was like, man, you need to know this shit. Mm-hmm. And then um, so I read this book called. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that just opened me up to a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and realizing I grew up with Poor Dad mm-hmm. and, you know, who never taught me about money, yeah. you know? And so I started learning, you know, and that that led me to different books on speaking and how negotiating and mm-hmm. stuff that you should know. Just It's not even about business. It's just it makes, it develops you as a human, you know? Mm. So I've been reading books like that. Um, Shows-wise... I'm everything, bro. I just finished Dahmer. Um, oh. You know, um, crazy, right? People are so. I mean, it's just. I know, I know yeah, what it is. You know, but no, I, I will not be watching. Yeah, it there's soon. a Netflix show on <laughs> Dahmer, but it's with love. Murder docs? Not really. Okay. She doesn't. Uh, she's she didn't want to watch Dahmer either. She's like, you. That's your thing. No. I'm like, <laughs> I go, yeah. It's just it's not like my thing. But it was. Yeah. I like anything that's interesting and like because I know that I was around. I was in high school when that shit was going down. Mm-hmm. So. I just know it from personal, like, fuck, that shit. I can't believe someone's got caught and he was eating people. It wasn't like it led up to it. It was like in the real world, mm-hmm. you know, they caught him. Then they realized he had yeah, all he had these, that he had things, reason. you know, and then, there, you know, and I didn't realize how, you know, he was, in, you know, like, I don't know, there's just so much craziness, but I'm not a big fan of like that shit, but I do watch. I love real stories that are... Yeah, yeah, I do. I love that. But I also like cheesy shit, too. That's like brainless. I like that shit, too. It's just, you know, it's entertainment. Entertainment should be not only educational. It should be also, like, fun and chill. Yeah, entertaining. (laughs) I watch Ray Donovan on on Showtime. That's a fun show. Mm. It's... um, He's like the guy to call if you need something done, and I didn't know it's been around forever, mm-hmm. but I just got into it. So I'm on it. I'm, I'm the la- I'm on the last season. It's like seven seasons. Um, cool. Shit, there's so much more. I just yeah. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I put him on Mu- the spot. Yeah, music wise, you know, like I that. said, I listen to everything, bro. Yeah. Hip hop, EDM, fucking rock. Um, I bet you I'm gonna be driving away and going, fuck! I should have said this. I should have <laughs> said that. It's all gonna come to me. But 
you know. Yeah. No, there's uh, look, there's there's a whole uh, ninety minutes worth of recommendations on this, and obviously listen to North Kingsley. Yeah, North Kingsley, <laughs> and look out, look uh, for did the that new drop record. Already? I have a, I have six songs I dropped during the pandemic. The, okay. It was premature music, like it's cool, it's just different. The new the album that's coming out is like definitive. It's like it's heavy and it's got it's like a trap rock vibe. Okay. It's like he sings and screams and distortion and all this shit with like heavy bass, like distorted bass with trap beats. So it's like a, it's my abstract painting to the world in music. Yeah. Uh, We're looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chavo, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Thank you for having me. It was so fun having Chavo in the backyard. Obviously, check out all the things we discussed and call it off. This has been another episode of the FCFC pod. We appreciate y'all for joining us. Bye. Peace. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, 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 F